Welcome back to episode number two of We Watch, We Collect. I'm your host, Chris Castagnon. And in today's episode, I'm going to go over my reasoning and everything else as to why I collect baseball cards, baseball memorabilia, uh, basically anything baseball that's I feel I want to collect. So I wouldn't say I've been collecting all my life. I, when I was little, I gotten some baseball cards from my uncle that he had given to me from his collection. And it was great because it was from a shoebox. Um, and I still have those cards to this day. I have them in a binder and that binder is actually just here to my left. I still have those cards. I'll forever keep them. They'll never going anywhere. Never trade them. Anything like that. And they're, it, they're nothing too high dollar, too sought after, anything like that. You know, they're his cards from when when he was growing up. And, you know, he gave them to me. And I still have them. And I'll never get rid of them. They're not going anywhere. But as for my collecting... I got back into collecting about six years ago, about six years ago, and to be completely honest, I got back into collecting because I've started seeing um, people uploading videos on YouTube of then ripping boxes open, ripping packs open, or even just showing off their cards, and I was like, damn, I didn't know that collecting was that big where now people just go on YouTube and put their collection out there for everyone else to see. And I I got back into it. I got back into the year about 2016. Um, and I bought little packs here and then. Nothing too big the way I collect now. But I, I bought little packs here and there. Um, I... Uh, ended up finding or looking up a local card shop here in Albuquerque where I'm where I'm living right now and I did find one which is great and I I love it game time sports uh, sports collectibles here in Albuquerque um, I know the owner very well uh, him and I we get along very well I stop at that same card shop every now and then we just we go there we talk sports, talk baseball, talk anything, talk trading cards. And that was being there at the card shop, being around everybody who is interested in the same collector's area. This like we all knew the same cards that we like to collect or different teams or different sports, but everyone is there in that room all interested in the same thing and and that is by far like the coolest thing about collecting and not just baseball cards but collecting in general that is the coolest thing when it comes to collecting is everyone can just be in a room talk amongst each other no matter the age no matter the backgrounds no matter what goes on outside the doors and daily lives but everyone comes into that collective room whether it's you know someone's house uh, or in this case, a, a local card shop, and everyone just talks sports and talks collecting, and we all get each other. We all we all understand what we're collecting. We understand, you know, money that's 
put into collecting um you know the the hate and love for this hobby where at some points it's like damn i wish i had that card or the love of it where it's like god i love this card and it could be for multiple reasons everyone's got their reasons everyone's got the reasons why they collect everyone's got the reasons who they collect um or why they started collecting and everything like that and i think that wide variety of people is is just fun to come across and for trade days at the card shop you always meet new people that collect certain things and collect certain players or certain teams or certain sports and regardless i'm i'm always interested to hear why they collect a certain player or a certain team or or anything like that i think that's the coolest thing about this hobby that everyone collects for different reasons everyone collects different people everyone collects different things and just collecting in general is just it's huge and you know not just speaking on baseball cards but people collect all kinds of things i mean from baseball cards in my case that's mainly what i collect or baseball memorabilia but not only baseball cards but you know um there's guys that collect comic books there's guys that collect you know funko pops there's guys that collect uh, authentic movie posters there's guys that collect uh uh figures from certain uh, genres like a a movie figure or a video game figure or statues or or anything like that that's all comes into collecting it all it all brings people together where it's like I spent money on this and you know why I I sought after this and you know why and to me that's that's collecting is is something that you know that I may not know the guy if he comes into the card shop one day, but if I see he has a a box of baseball cards, the first question that's always in in a trade day or when you're meeting someone new in the hobby, you don't know the person. But that first question that comes in is, who do you collect? That is the number one conversation starter for the hobby. Who do you collect? Or, or, or in baseball or in sports or another like what do you collect like oh okay I collect this this and that or I collect this this guy this guy and this guy but that's that's the question who do you collect and collecting is just something that I've been into for the past couple of years now and I love it uh, I love collecting certain cards I coll- I love collecting certain players um, even certain things, there are certain things here that I, I have that I collect. They're not necessarily baseball cards. Majority is all baseball cards, but not everything is baseball cards. But, um, going into what really got me in the hobby was, um, is of course seeing everyone else's passion to collecting, but it's also the, the thrill you know, the the thrill of, you know, opening a pack and not knowing what you're going to get or opening a whole box full of packs and not knowing what you're going to get. You know, some guys are, you know, hunting for a certain player or hunting for a certain autograph, relic card, um, a short print card, anything like that. But that all comes into the to the thrill of it. You don't you never know what you're going to pull out of a pack of cards and that's the one thing that's real fun about this hobby 
uh, I, I love every minute of it. Anytime I'm opening a box, I love not knowing who I'm going to pull or if I get an auto of whose auto it's going to be or a relic card, how how good the relic card is going to be. Or if I get a short print, oh, what's it going to be number two? Is it going to be a, a one of one, a an out of 299 or even out of 2022? You never know. And that's the thrill of the hobby is what I, I love most about it is not knowing what's going to come out of this box or what's going to come out of this pack or just what's going to come out of this product. And me personally, I don't, I don't go into ripping a box expecting something like if the box says, you know, guaranteed two on, on card autos or guaranteed one auto, one relic, you know, okay. Okay. I, I know I'll get one, but for the auto, I'm not expecting to get you know, the, the high dollar guy or in, in baseball terms, like I'm not expecting to get that Mike Trout auto or that Fernando Tatis auto or anything like that. I'm not expecting that. I don't, I don't, I don't like going into the hobby doing that because then it sets very high bars for yourself. And then if you don't get those cards that you really, really want that you see other guys getting that are putting on eBay for a high amount of money, and you don't get it and you get discouraged like oh man this this box was shit i didn't get the the high dollar guy or anything like that and i and personally i feel like that's the wrong way to go about this hobby it, it i feel it's the wrong way the wrong way to start anyway i mean if i meet a young kid who wants to get into the hobby and you know he sees you know these older guys and these guys on youtube with the Tatises, the Trouts, the Autos, the the high dollar short print rookie card, you know, of course he's going to want that because it's what everybody has. It's what looks cool. It's in simple. It's the most expensive. Sometimes he's going to want that card. But if he goes into the hobby wanting to get that right away, he he might steer away from it very, very early. And I feel like that's a wrong way to start in the hobby. Start the hobby with knowing that it's it, it's a thrill. It's the passion of the sport that you're collecting, and you know, and not knowing what you're gonna get, and you know, just appreciate what comes out of these products. You know, because some of the products are better than others. Some products are more expensive than others, but appreciating what like the look of the card just the 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 what's the word um the aesthetic look of the card you know if it's a tops chrome card just the refractor the shininess of that card or no if for like for me i love the color red it's my favorite color regardless of who the player is i'm gonna i'm gonna love a a red parallel card chances are it's a very low numbered probably numbered out of 10 or 5 but regardless, I'm going to love that red card. It's my favorite color. And it's even more of a plus that it's if it's of my Red Sox, you know, Red Sox, red pillow card, color match. Perfect. That that that's that's the box for me. Like no matter what player it is, it's a red card. It's of the Red Sox. That's a win for me, you know. If I pull an auto, cool. If I pull a, a really nice relic, cool. But you know what? That's that's what I go into the hobby for. I go in for 
you know, who who I collect, what I collect, and I don't go in looking for, you know, expectations for certain products or certain autographs or anything like that. That's that's not what I'm I'm in the hobby for. Granted, there are people like that. Understandable. There is money in this hobby. No doubt. There's millions of dollars in this money. Without a doubt. Most expensive baseball car is a Honus Wagner. Sold recently for over $6.6 million. You know, in a regular person walking down the street, they're going to be like, like you're you're crazy. There's no way a piece of cardboard can sell for over six million dollars. But you know what? It's it's the essence of the card. It's it's who it is. It's what it represents. It's the history behind certain cards that caused them to sell for over six million dollars. And it's 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 sometimes it's unbelievable that these pieces of cardboard can sell for millions of dollars. I mean, I've never had a million dollar card i've never had a hundred thousand dollar card i've never had a ten thousand dollar card would i like one sure but you know i'm not gonna go into this hobby hoping to pull a card and hopefully to sell it for a million dollars i don't go into the hobby thinking that because that's not the type of collector i am just flat out that that is not the type of collector i am if i pull a a Mike Trout auto, I'll, I'll appreciate it. Like, it's Mike Trout, you know? Arguably, probably the greatest baseball player currently, you know? Of course, I appreciate that auto. He has a very nice auto, for one, um, and it is a very good player, and no matter the product, I'm going to appreciate that card. But am I going to think, oh, I can sell this for, you know, $2,000 when he wins MVP and all that. No, I'm not, I, I never think about that type of stuff because for one, it's not my team. He, and he's not my favorite player. Would I hold on to the card and appreciate it for a little bit? Yeah. But am I going to keep it because I know it can be worth a high dollar? No. I mean, I do have a friend of mine who is an Angels fan, who is a Mike Trout fan. It's my co-host, Chris Rivera. And I know the type of collector I am. I know the type of collector he is. And I know for a fact that that Mike Trout auto card would not stay in my possession for more than a month. I know for a fact that it would end up in his hands. Whether it's, you know, I just give it to him because, you know, I I appreciate it. I know you're a Mike Trout fan. I know you're an Angels fan. This card belongs to you. it's, It's your team. Or, you know, if if he's willing, if he offers to purchase it off me, then okay. Or if he, you know, if he has some Red Sox cards, you know, that I want, let's make a trade happen. That's what this hobby is about. That's what this is about. And, And I know that there are certain collectors, you know, that only collect certain players and or only collect certain teams, you know, and it's like sometimes... Those those collectors deserve those cards. And those cards, you just know that those cards belong in their possession. You know, um, game time owner, he I know he collects a certain player, and I know that he's gonna appreciate that certain player. 
And if I ever pull, you know, a card of this player, an autograph, I know he's going to appreciate it, appreciate it more than anybody else. Whether I know other people or not, I know he's going to appreciate it. Why would I sell it to, you know, someone um, online, you know, that's going to pay the high dollar for it, but like, in my head, are you are you going to appreciate it or you're just buying it because, you know, it could be worth something in the future? That's not that's not that type of collector or people I like to sought after when I have certain cards. But for this guy that I've I've known a couple of years, I know he collects a certain player. I know he's going to appreciate that card and chances are he's going to hold it for a long, very, very long time. And I'm confident that in, in the back to the Mike Trout card, I'm confident that my whole co- my co-host Chris Rivera is going to hold on to this card. He's going to appreciate this card because Angels are his team and Mike Trout is his guy. I know he's going to appreciate it and I know he's, I mean, I, I may not know. He might sell in the future. It's his card, but I know that he's not going to flip it for the wrong reasons. He may sell it, for, you know, for future reasons if, you know, he has to, which is, you know what I go about sometimes and most recently a lot of the cards that I do plan on not not give up but you know let go because I feel now is the time to let go is my uh, majority of my Mookie Betts collection I I recently sold a Mookie Betts red autograph from um Panini draft picks. It was red, which again, like I said, red card, red socks, beautiful looking card, numbered out of a hundred, and I let that go. I I sold it. I and then I do have another uh, draft picks rookie card autograph of Mookie Betts. It is graded a nine point five, and that one will eventually go. And that also that. Uh, things like that do come with the hobby where you hold on to certain cards and you may be a big fan of that player but i feel like everyone has a time where you know what now it's maybe it's time for these cards to find a new home and that was the exact thought of when i was looking over my mookie bets collection i had the cards you know, I, I paid for them. Um, I enjoyed them. I had him when he was on my team. He won a World Series with my team, MVP, and he got traded. He was no longer on my team. I have these cards, and, you know, now I'm thinking, well, may, hopefully I could find them a better home to a Dodger fan or, you know, to a a Mookie Betts super collector. And then going back to what I was saying, how the Mike Trout card, you know, I know Chris Rivera will appreciate this card. In this case, I don't know that because I don't know personally Mookie Betts collectors. So now when I do sell this card online, I do take that risk of, I hope this card gets appreciated in the way that I, that I did. But Things like that do come with a risk. Do I know exactly what they're going to do with the card? No. But do I have a good idea what they might maybe grade it if they do or display it? 
yeah, I, I have a good idea. If they're in the collector's um, world or in, in, in this hobby, then I do know. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I do know what they're going to do with that card. And I hope that it it goes, you know, to a better home. And for me, it was it's it was time to move on from that. And I do plan on selling a lot of my Mookie Betts cards because he no longer on my team. I'm not going to collect the guy in a dodgy uniform. I can't do that. It doesn't sit right with me. But that's me personally. But. Am I still going to cheer for him? Of course. Am I going to hope he has a, a a great career, Hall of Fame career? Without a doubt. But as for collecting him future in a Dodger uniform, no. I, as a collector, I'm my own style of collector and that's not the type of collector I am. I I don't I don't want to do that. It for me it just doesn't seem right. To me, personally, anyways. Um, But on topic with Mookie Betts, there are two cards that I will hold on to. Well, and something else. I'll I'll get to that. But there are two cards that I will hold on to. And I, I probably will keep them for the rest of my life. It is, for one, it is a, it is a red numbered to five Mookie Betts from the national convention and I got it graded and it came out a nine, five beautiful card, red number to five, beautiful card. And that one was a gift from my co-host, Chris Rivera. That one, it's a gift. You know, he, he bought it and he gave it to me and that will not go anywhere that, you know, that's got that friendship value. I mean, why would I sell that? I mean, he he bought it for me, and I had it graded. I love the card. It's red, like I said. Favorite color, color match. <clears throat> Why would I let that go? So that card will forever stay with me. And then the second card that I have that will stay with me for probably the rest of my life is my 2014 Tops Update Mookie Betts Rookie Card. I I did not buy that card straight up. I did not trade for it. I did not seek it out. Um, I pulled that card randomly from a uh, pack of update packs. And the update pack actually came from a, I do, I, I think it was a Walmart. I think, I think it was a Walmart box that has, you know, uh, like resold packs inside a box and it has different packs in there. And it had a tops update pack uh, in there. And in the pack was a Mookie Betts rookie card. And it completely surprised me that I was actually able to pull that card in the first place. I I held on to the card. I had it, you know, being as new that I was, I wasn't really, I didn't really have that much knowledge, you know, on how to, you know, treat cards. I didn't throw it around not anything like that, but you know, I didn't have the knowledge of, you know, penny sleeves or top loaders, one touches or anything like that. So I had it in a uh, plastic case where, you know, it screws down on four corners and it's like a clear display case. I had it in there and I thought it was safe and I had it in there for about for a couple of years 
And then I, I ended up taking it out and I put it in a one touch, had it in the one touch for a while. Um, I had it out of the one touch and I put it in a top loader. And then when our local car shop game time had um, submissions to send it to Beckett to get cards graded, I was like, I've never had a graded card. I, I don't even I at that time, I didn't have a graded card. And I thought to myself, let me get this Mookie card graded. I mean, I didn't know really what the grades were. I didn't know what a 9.5 or a 10 or, you know, a black label pristine. I didn't know what any of that really was. But I thought, I want my card graded. I mean, at the time I saw the the slabs, what it was in, it I thought it looked really nice. Like, cards just look so much better inside a slab, whether it's a Beckett or a PSA. And I was thinking, oh man, I'm I'm gonna get my Mookie Betts rookie card graded, and I did. And for Beckett grading, they give the card an overall grade and four subgrades, and it's centering, corners, edges, and surface. And my Mookie Betts rookie card came back a nine point five gem mint, and the one subgrade that I was actually very surprised. And that I'm actually kind of proud of, and I've never seen for any other graded Mookie Betts cards, is I was surprised that no matter how many times I took it in and out of different casings that I had it, the subgrade on the corners of this card, and keep in mind, cards you know are square, sharp corners. Very easily can you nick that corner and it be rounded or damaged. And I was surprised by the subgrade of corners that I got for my Mookie Betts rookie card was a 10, which is the highest grade. I was very surprised that I got a 10, knowing that I had it in and out of different casings that I had it in a top loader or that clear case or the one touch. I was very surprised that the corners came back a 10. So I'm very proud of that card. And that card, because I pulled it and I had it graded, that card will not leave me ever and so those are my two Mookie Betts cards that will not leave me that those will stay with me for the rest of my life um the other thing that I have from Mookie Betts that I am completely completely proud of is my 2019 Panini Prism completed rainbow of Mookie Betts it has all I believe it is all 28 parallels there are 28 cards of different colors different numbers and I have the complete rainbow it is 100% reason being is because I have the black finite one of one so no matter what if anybody were to collect the other 27 parallels they cannot have a complete rainbow like I do because I currently have the one of one and that took me about I'd say over a year to complete and that I have it encased. It's on display in my room. That is not going anywhere. That is staying with me. I will never sell it. I spent too much time, too much money on it. All that stuff that that complete rainbow will not go anywhere. And funny story about that rainbow is the last parallel that I actually bought or was able to find was the gold number to 10 and that one took about 
five or six months until I actually saw it on eBay. And I remember the moment I saw it on eBay, I didn't check the I didn't check the price on it. All I saw was the picture and I put buy now. And I think it was a buy now or or best offer, but I I just hit buy now. I paid for it. I don't even remember the price. I I just had to have it. It was the last one. I needed it. I didn't care what the price was and I bought it. And when that car came in and I had all the rainbow lined up, it was just to me it's a beautiful sight. And again, that's what collecting is all about is even if it's not baseball cards, if you collect like, for, for example, I also collect Funko Pops. It, it, it makes you feel good knowing that you have a certain area where it's certain characters all part of the same, you know, quote unquote universe. And they're all just lined up or you have different variations of a Funko Pop all lined up. And that's that same feeling with this Mookie Betts rainbow that I have. It's so satisfying seeing all 20 of them lined up, all different colors, all different numbers. You know, there's there's a one of one. There's a number to five, a number to seven, a number to 10, a number to 25, all of those. And I have them all. It's just really satisfying, you know, putting in that work, you know, hunting down certain cards and and also another thing about this rainbow, the only car that I ever pulled for the rainbow is the base, which is the basic card. All the other ones, you know, the the prism, the the colored ones, the number ones, those I had to buy on off of eBay, you know. And I never got lucky enough to pull any other colors from the amount of boxes of 2019 prism that I did buy, which I think I remember was 4. Out of all those, I only got one Mookie Betts card, and it was the base. But I was very fortunate to been able to get the rest of them through eBay, and I was very happy that the Black Finite one of one is in my hands. And I remember that it was a complete bidding war. I was forever watching my phone for updates on that card, and I remember the moment it was, I think, about the last five or ten minutes left in the bid, my eyes did not leave the screen of my phone at all. I was made sure I had, you know, bids ready to go. If my bid got, uh, if the current bid had gotten higher, I was ready to go. My, my, my eyes to my phone did not leave for five or 10 minutes. The last five or 10 minutes I had to have it because that is the essential when it comes to putting together a rainbow is the one of one. You have to have the one of one. That is the end all be all when it comes to putting a rainbow together. Another thing about me as a collector is I love putting rainbows together. I love having the same card, but in different variations or different colors or different numbers. I love that. That 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 is, I think, one of the cool the coolest things when it comes to collecting baseball cards or and some other sports have it. But for me, baseball cards. I love collecting rainbows. I currently have, I do believe, five rainbows. Two of them are complete, including my Mookie Betts one. So I have three other them, three other ones that are not complete, which I do hope to complete one day. But I I love that about collecting. I mean, the amount of styles that people collect is endless. I mean, there's guys that are, you know, that only collect one player and one player only, or just a team in general. 
or they collect a certain set. They only collect Topps Chrome or they only collect Bowman guys or they only collect Top Topps Heritage or Archives or or, you know, there's there's even guys that only collect, you know, the high dollar products, you know, Topps Diamond Icons, um, you know, other products like that. And then but, you know, it's it's all different styles of collecting. And that goes for anything out there that's, you know, quote unquote collectible. There's the different styles. I mean, there's baseball collectors, you know, that probably don't even collect baseball cards, but they collect baseballs. Uh, baseball bats, jerseys, helmets, cleats, anything they can get their hands on that has to do with, you know, the sport, which baseball, they collect it. And it might be the same thing. They collect baseballs from a certain player or bats from a certain player. Or there's guys that go above and beyond, you know, that collect gloves from certain players. I've seen videos on that. And I think that's so damn hard to do. Because a lot of these players like to keep their gloves, especially if it's a glove they used in a milestone season. I, it blows my mind that some of these guys are able to get these gloves. That is crazy to me. It it all comes with collecting. Everybody collects different kind of things for different reasons. And I love that about the hobby. And for for baseball, I mean, there's a lot of things out there that, that change, you know, over the years. And the main one is prices. You know, cards do fluctuate in price every single year. Every, every, every single year. One guy is hot and, you know, he's got the word that he's going to get called up this season. And he makes his MLB debut. And his first Bowman might just not necessarily skyrocket, but it'll jump in price by a good margin. And, you know, that's the one thing that we will talk about in this podcast is those players and those certain cards that do jump or fall in price. And we're going to talk about it because I personally think that's very interesting, you know, to not to get into it that quick. But a good example is now with the news that Fernando Tatis Jr. is expected to miss up to three months of the season. What's that going to do to his price of cards? Because currently his first Bowman, which in the baseball world, first Bowman is the sought after card because that is before the rookie card. It is the first professional card that gets put out of them through license, through a licensed product. And that's being tops. And, you know, with him missing up to three months, What's that going to do to his price? Because currently his first Bowman uh, autograph right now is on the low of $1,000 and on the high of $2,500. So three months into the season, I want to know how much that car dipped in price or upped in price. And I think that's very interesting to learn, especially when players like his caliber, you know, are really good and are very sought after. And the hobby, it, it, it can fluctuate that way where people might spend thousands of dollars on him in hopes that he has a, an incredible season. But with this injury and you don't know if it'll be three months or more or less. And now he's going to miss another portion of a season, which he's already done. It has me thinking, damn, I wonder how those collectors feel. Of course, me personally, I don't collect Tatis, so I don't know that feeling, 
But I'd like to at least look into it to where I want to know what that what his Bowman would be, his autograph would be, you know, during the time when he's not playing, because I think it'll drop in price. I mean, why wouldn't it? He's not playing. He's not sought after. What now for the hobby for that guy? Or is his um, market going to drop for his earlier stuff? Or is it going to rise because they're going to think it can go back the other way? Is it going to rise because, oh, the moment he comes back, he's just going to ball out and hit home runs. And maybe the the Padres are not going to be a good spot. But when the moment he comes back, he's going to bring the team back and they're going to make it to the playoffs. I don't know. But that's what this podcast is going to is going to is going to go towards is the impact that these players have not only in the field but in the hobby because prices for players and cards fluctuate all the time all the time going back to the first episode that is a reason why I wanted to start this podcast is uh fluctuation for prices on certain players and for their cards because it goes hand to hand with the season. Recently now with Otani winning MVP and you know being the modern day Babe Ruth and incredible player that he is, his prices are not his price. His cards are very sought after right now. But looking back like in 2020 or 2019, we know when or during those years where he didn't really play as much, his prices were very low. You know, very very what's the word? Very very get gettable, I guess. Where, you know, it didn't really, it wouldn't cost as much to get a Otani autograph. But now, there's there are certain cards from Otani that are completely untouchable to some people. Because of the caliber of player he is now, and the potential that he's going to have on the upcoming season. And with Mike Trout coming back from, from his injuries. Like, holy shit, what is Otani going to do now with the Angels and with Mike Trout coming back? And he's going to pitch again. And he's going to hit again. His prices are might go up again. Especially if he becomes an all-star again. If maybe he be gets his second MVP. His prices are going to be incredible at the end of the season. But between the time of the beginning of the season and the end of the season. I'm very curious on what their card prices look like. Even if it's a matter of 8 months or 6 months. I, I want to know that. I want to know how much their prices change or why they're changing. Like, why is this guy's card dropping so much? Okay, well, let's look at his season. Well, he, he's injured or, or not only is he injured, but like maybe that guy is just having a down season. He's in a slump, a very long slump, and his prices are dropping. But he was a, oh, he was a very sought after guy in the beginning. But, oh, he's not doing that well right now. So... Why do I want this card? So that's when the inflation comes in to where, you know, it'll drop, you know, because not many people are seen at or sought after after him. So his prices will drop. And that's one thing I'm very curious. And that's where this podcast is also going to come into play. I'm very curious about all that stuff because not only am I a baseball fan and I watch baseball, I love the players, I love the sport, but I'm also a collector as well. I do collect baseball cards. I collect certain players. I collect my team. But it I, it all goes hand in hand. You know, there are some people that collect baseball cards, but, you know, that don't watch as much baseball. And then there's the other side where people watch 
tons of baseball, but they're not really into collecting baseball cards. You know, it's it's just not part of the sport that they're into. And that's fine. But I, I happen to do both. My co-host happens to do both. And that's why we want to start this podcast is to talk about that. You know, the fans that do watch the sport, but also I want to bring in the fans that that are collectors as well. I want I want both sides to be able to listen to this podcast to get the baseball side of things, how the season's going, how some players are going, but also bring in, well, I I also collect. So can you talk about that? Hell yeah, we're going to talk about that because that's what this podcast is about. We'll talk about, you know, some of the your favorite players and we're going to talk about, you know, how the rookie cards are doing, how their first Bowman are doing, or even how the current products are doing in this in this uh in this hobby that's that's the main that's the main reason why this podcast is going to start and i I hopefully get to that point where it'll be a podcast where people are going to come in listen and you know get knowledge on what's happening in baseball and in the hobby at the exact same time you know without having to let me watch the game and then Maybe they're going to think about, you know, collecting some guys and then they not knowing what their what the market looks like for the hobby. You know, I hope that's I hope this podcast is what they're going to turn to. But I mean, for for this second episode, I really wanted just to break down, you know, my experience with collecting. Um, I feel like I've only collected for about six years, but I have collected older products, but I wasn't into it like I am now. But I do feel like I know a thing or two when it comes to collecting and and as well as my co-host he knows his things about collecting for this second episode again it was only just me but I wanted to give a a quick overview on why I collect who I collect and reasons behind we're going to add this portion of collecting in this baseball podcast um so with that being said Hope you liked the second episode. Um, hopefully for the next next couple episodes, my co-host Chris Rivera will join me. And from that point on, uh, we'll give his intro about why he likes baseball, why he likes collecting. And for few, for from then on out, it's going to be completely baseball and collecting. We're going to talk about the season because the season is getting close to starting. Spring training is about to start this weekend. So from that point on, we'll get into the season and we'll get into collecting. So thank you for listening to this second episode and we'll see you in the next one.